The Old Testament reading for Oculi, the third Sunday in Lent, is from Exodus chapter 8, beginning at the 16th verse. Then the Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Stretch out your staff and strike the dust of the earth, so that it may become gnats in all the land of Egypt. And they did so. Aaron stretched out his hand with his staff and struck the dust of the earth, and there were gnats on man and beast. All the dust of the earth became gnats in all the land of Egypt. The magicians tried by their secret arts to produce gnats, but they could not. So there were gnats on man and beast. Then the magicians said to Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. But Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he would not listen to them, as the Lord had said. Then the Lord said to Moses, Rise up early in the morning and present yourself to Pharaoh as he goes out to the water and say to him, Thus says the Lord, Let my people go that they may serve me. Or else if you will not let my people go, behold, I will send swarms of flies on you and your servants and your people and into your houses. And the houses of the Egyptians shall be filled with swarms of flies and all the ground on which they stand. But on that day I will set apart the land of Goshen, where my people dwell, so that no swarms of flies shall be there, that you may know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. Thus I will put a division between my people and your people. Tomorrow this sign shall happen. And the Lord did so. There came great swarms of flies into the house of Pharaoh and into his servants' houses. Throughout all the land of Egypt, the land was ruined by the swarms of flies. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from Ephesians chapter 5, beginning at the first verse. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love, as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. Let there be no fool filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not associate with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. 
walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 11th chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Now Jesus was casting out a demon that was mute. When the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke, and the people marveled. But some of them said, He cast out demons by Beelzebul, the prince of demons. While others, to test him, kept seeking from him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their hearts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and a divided household falls. And if Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say that I cast out demons by Beelzebul. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they will be your judges. But if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are safe. But when one stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoil. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest. And finding none, it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. As he said these things, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast at which you nursed. But he said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A truly surefire way to win a war is to convince the other side that there isn't even a war going on. To convince them that there is no threat that they must fight and contend against. All the while, you're picking from the side, nicking them off one by one. In most wars, this isn't really an option. You can look over and see that there definitely is an enemy. There's a threat 
on the other side that must be taken care of. But in a war that has been going on for centuries, for millennia even, you can get to a point where one side doesn't even realize that the other exists. That one side can convince the other that there is no war actually going on. There is no reason to fight. That the other side is just myth, stories, built up over the years, but not actually true. And that seems to be the way it is for many in our world today. They do not believe that Satan and his minions even exist, that there is some type of war going on. There is no need to fight. But it is in our gospel lesson today that we see the reality of this war going on. As Jesus casts out a mute spirit from a man and he begins to speak. But then he's confronted. He's opposed by some in the crowds. Because they don't believe he's on the right side. There's no way that he could be doing these things by the very finger of God. He must be in league with the demons. He casts out demons by Beelzebul, the prince of demons. He's on the same side as them. That must be the explanation. It can't possibly be that God has visited us in this man. Because we don't like him. We don't want him. So it must be that he's on the wrong side. Jesus' answer to this makes it quite clear, though, that he truly is from God. He is the stronger man who has brought victory against Satan. And he brings a dire warning for those who must live their lives in this war between good and evil. Jesus made it quite apparent in his response to the people's challenge, that it would be absurd for him to be casting out demons by the power of the devil. It just doesn't make any sense. Why would the devil fight against the devil? A divided house cannot stand. Why in a war would you fight against your own side? But in fact, he is the one who is stronger than the devil. The stronger man who has come to divide the spoils. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are safe. But when one stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoils. 
the stronger man has come, and he would win the people back unto God himself. Through his death and resurrection, he would overcome the one who had at once overcome by a tree. He would crush the head of the serpent under his heel. He would win the people back from the realms of Satan. The scriptures make it very clear that you are on one side or the other. You are either on the side of Satan or on the side of God. There is no middle ground. Jesus himself would say in verse 23, Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. You are on one side or the other. You don't get to sit this one out. There is no idea of being neutral. Give it no merit or thought. And more than this, at the beginning, we were under the control of the devil. We were in his realm. As Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. And in Colossians chapter 1, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. And in Ephesians 5, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. In our sin and trespasses, in those we do ourselves, and in those sins which have been handed down to us from our father Abraham, we were of the domain of darkness. It is for this reason that we include in our baptismal rite the exorcism. Depart, thou unclean spirit, and make room for the Holy Spirit. We at one time were of the domain of the devil. Because of sin, we were his. But the stronger man has come and taken us from him. The stronger man has come and destroyed the power of the devil and broken his armor. He has taken his goods, us, and brought us to be his own. In the very waters of holy baptism, we were taken out of the realm of Satan and brought into the family of God. Again from Colossians 1. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. The transfer is complete. We are no longer on the side of the devil, but instead on the side of Christ, the conqueror. He has won victory over sin and all his minions, over sin and death. And in our baptism, all that is his has been given to us. Yet Jesus also gives a warning to the crowds. Though they may be taken out of the realm of the devil, it need not be permanent. 
When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest. And finding none, it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. The human heart is pictured as a house, one which has been cleaned up and is in need of an occupant. The former has been evicted, it is in need of another, and one will surely be found. Either the former tenant would come back with more friends or someone else must take up residence. For the one who has had the devil removed from their heart, it must be filled with the conqueror, with Christ, or the results will be worse than it was before. St. Augustine spoke of a God-shaped hole in the heart of a person. It must be filled with something. If it is not filled with God himself, we will find something to put them. Things which would turn our attention away from faith and Christ. We must instead fill our hearts with the things of God that we might not turn back to the things of lawlessness and sin, the result being that we are worse off than we were before. For the baptized, we must be filled with Christ. <coughs> Being baptized is like putting a target on your back for the devil and his minions. You have become a bigger threat and one which he will do all that he can to make sure you fall away from the faith. Having your child baptized is truly the greatest gift which one could ever give them. In this, they have forgiveness and life, the Spirit and Christ dwelling within them. They are adopted as God's own child. And yet, at the same time, it makes them a target of the devil's work even more than one who is not baptized and does not believe. The devil does not need to work on these as much as he does on one who is baptized. And so for the baptized, we must do all we can to raise our children in the faith that they might not depart from it, that they might be readied and prepared for the assaults and temptations of the evil. We must do and live in such a way that we might be strengthened to endure all things in this life and that our faith might be made more firm. We must not allow ourselves to become lax, lest demons would come and find the house empty, devoid of the gifts which we have been given, devoid of the spirit which has been granted to us. We do this best by heeding the words of Christ at the end of our gospel lesson. 
Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. And we do this by surrounding our lives with the word of God and living as the Lord would have us live. For the faithful, the word of God should permeate our lives, not just here on Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights, but every day and moment of our lives. It should be on our lips and in our minds throughout our day. We should learn the scriptures by heart that we might always be ready to make defense for the hope that is within us. The psalms should be sung throughout the day. The hymns of the church should be in our minds as we go about the work given us to do. That which we hear and rejoice in should follow us out into our lives. It should be reflected in how we live our lives. As St. Paul says in our epistle lesson, but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetous must not even be named among you as is proper among the saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. We are to hear the word of God and keep it. They must not even be named among you as is proper among the saints. The very idea of sin shouldn't even be brought up amongst you, as is proper for those who have been made holy in the Lord. This is the charge that has been given to us. We should not even let sin be named among us. It should have no place. But there should be thanksgiving. So how is that going? How are we doing at this in our lives? If we were honest with ourselves, I know that I do not always do this in my life, nor does any sinner still on this side of heaven. We do not always put away all sorts of sins that they might not even be named among us. We do not turn away from the things that would lead us into temptation, letting them not even be in our lives that temptation would come to our hearts. We still fall into temptation and let the devil deceive us with empty words. It is too often this way for those in this sinful world. And yet the stronger man has conquered even this. In Christ's death and resurrection, he has rescued us from all sin, from death, and from the power of the devil. We run to him and to his great mercy confessing our sins and knowing that he shall grant to us forgiveness. He has crushed the head of the serpent and grants to us strength that we might contend against the temptations of the evil one. He gives to us his spirit, the helper, 
that we might do battle against the assaults of the devil and might flee from all temptation. We are no longer of the realm of darkness. Let us walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And the Lord is certainly good and right and true. He is our light, our conqueror. He has swept out the strong man. Let us surround ourselves in his word that we might live according to his will. May he strengthen us in all things that we might endure temptation. Gladly hear his word and keep it. In Jesus' name, amen.